the usual suspects with me this evening nick say hi hey everyone also we have justin justin say hi hey guys and then we have that compass guy hey guys what's up and of course the compass guy is jesse yes it is and we're going to start it out with the you know the question of the week which is pretty much the question every week have you crashed that compass yet I have not. Actually, didn't get a chance to get that many flights in. One of these days, you're going to make my day. Dude, you're (laughs) going to be so in shock. You'll be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Can you repeat that for me? Yeah, one of these weeks, I'm not going to call you. I'll just wait to tell you on the show and put you right on the spot. Oh, that'd be beautiful, man. I'd love to see that, man. It It will. uh, So, winter. Guys, there was four inches of snow on the ground the other day. Uh oh. Oh, man. That does not sound good. <sighs> but you were flying in it anyway, right? I didn't. I, I went flying one day last week, or this past week, between last episode. And it was miserable and cold and windy. And I just wasn't having a lot of fun. Um, We've been so busy working on this webpage. And I, I it, it takes every <laughs> bit of effort that I have to not I'm so excited about it I just want to take a ton of screenshots and just post them all over the world so you guys can see but I'm so excited about this webpage it it's you know it it has a really neat look to it some really cool functionality and uh don't be so modest dude it's got awesome functionality (laughs) dude it's badass it's really coming along I I would like to give you guys a an ETA, but uh, you know we're we're kind of we're in, we're dealing with stuff that <laughs> when you're working with the handicapped, you get done when it gets done. <laughs> it gets done when it gets done. <laughs> I, I, you know, we were talking about it earlier before we started recording it, and uh, we we decided that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep, and um, and we don't think it's another freight train coming. <laughs> so yeah. I am so stoked. So that's kind of what my week's been been up to. I mean, have you guys uh, what what the hell what have you been up to, Nick? What have you been doing this week? Um, not a whole lot. It's been raining quite a bit. So Still, been kind of, yeah, yeah. Go figure. I'm determined to get out um, soon, though, very soon, because I've got a bunch of stuff that I want to try. Um, I finally got. I found out a cool little little uh, little tidbit. The I had destroyed exploded my wonderful Futaba BLS 256 HV at, um, at Othello and was looking for a set of gears for that. And what I found was that Futaba, the BLS 256 and the 251, they don't advertise this specific package of gear sets for it, but they do work. It's all of the plastic gears inside there. And there's Five, so there's three plastic gears and one metal gear. And you can buy a package that has five sets 
of all three plastic gears for 12 bucks. Nice. Yeah, which is awesome because before I've, I've crashed and stripped out gears in the 251, I've always cringed and gone, God, dude, it's like 30 bucks or something for a set of gears for this thing. And it is. It's three little plastic gears and one metal one. Well, guess which one never gets damaged? The metal one. So, <laughs> yep. Why keep buying it? So I'm stoked over that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and actually put that part number up in the show notes for everyone because um, I think it's a pretty cool little find. Uh, so let's see. I did that. I've got, now that we've got the Fusion, which, oh, yeah, by the way, super cool. Got to give a big shout out uh, to Greg Alderman. Thank you very much. He is uh, sending me a set of those new tail gears that we had talked about. Nice. Uh, that, yeah. So we're going to slap those in and whoop on it and see if we can get them to break. And if they break, then, well, then then so be it. But uh, <laughs> he seemed pretty excited about it and doesn't seem to be any worry on their end. So I'm kind of stoked. That'll be cool. And then I'm also going to be doing a lot of um, governor testing with the Skookum 540. This week, uh, messing around with the hobby wing. I've got a couple new things to try there. And then I've got the castle ESC on there, which I just want to rip off and throw it. Because yeah. it's it's just being a pain. Anytime you're running a castle in external governor mode, it can be difficult. But I'm going to work through it because I want to be able to come to a conclusion for everyone how it works and figure out how to make it work. And if it doesn't, then um, get those updates to Art at Skookum so that on the next revision uh, they put out, it will work. Don't don't light a match around that thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't blow up much anymore, which, it, you know, we used to complain about it when they did, but now that they don't, you actually have a little bit of guilt about taking it off because it's like, well, it's not, I mean, still working. It's actually you know? working, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, oh, well, I mean, hey, this is the joys of being a test dummy. You know, you just have to deal with that frustration. But it is what it is. That sounds really good. How about you, Justin? I saw you put a photo up on our Facebook page. Yeah, so um, since last episode, I installed the HC3SX, got that all programmed up on the Whiplash Electric. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm really stoked about giving this thing a try. Like Nick said, the weather has uh, kept me from flying all week. It's been raining down here like crazy. I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of a break in the clouds this weekend or sometime in the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to ring that out as far as the bailout mode is concerned. And uh, the listener should look forward to a review on that, which will be next episode, actually. So uh, next week, we'll do, uh, we'll do the full HC3 Extreme and SX reviews. And we'll also follow that up with a uh, written review on the website. Sounds real um, good. So that uh, bailout feature. Yeah. Have you had a chance to play with it yet? I haven't. I've I've gone through and programmed it. I think I'm ready to go to give it a try. And man, I'll tell you what, it's it's pretty impressive. The the options that they allow uh, you to access for bailout, the different versions of the bailout, anywhere from like beginner, hovering, um, th full 3D, acro, scale, AP. There's all sorts of self leveling and stabilization features. 
So we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail during the review, but I'm pretty stoked. I'm going to drive down because I, I want to see I want to I want to see a crash. I want to see a dude just try to crash. Come on, dude, Nick. I'm going to drive the hour and a half down there just just to that. see it go in the first time. Because it's I either going to be switch. one of two things: it's going to crash, and then I'm going to be like, "Ooh, that sucks," or it's not going to crash, and it's going to scare the shit out of him. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So then I'll have that on video either. Oh, we're going, yeah, we're going way up right uh, for the oh. first try. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. It's not going to be on the uh, deck. Are you, are you guys going to get this on video? Yeah, and oh, record. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Do me a favor. When yeah. you're doing the video, talk with a real deep southern accent. <laughs> Can you do that for me? Hey, y'all, we're going to go over there right there. Hit that switch over there. Over Look at that. Look at that heli. Look at it. Look at that heli. Look at it. Look at it. There's a hard deck. There's that, a hard deck. That dang thing's flying, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go get me an ass cone. <laughs> that uh an ass cone? <laughs> an, yeah, an ass cone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you right, guys. Come on, to do here. Come on. So yeah, that, but, that sounds uh, pretty so, cool, dude. I, I'm really looking forward to hearing about that. I, I want to get one of those on Ed's one of Ed's Hallies. I really think if it works. It's going to be the, the ticket to get him confident with that 600. Oh, yeah. I, I agree completely. I mean, Nick and I were talking about this earlier in the week. It's like, um, you know, if, if it really does what it's supposed to do, it's, it's got to be transformational for people that want to learn. You know, so we'll, we'll see what we can come up I with. Actually, what you're saying is we're going we're gonna to have Ed sit on a flower pot and then just <laughs> And then just sprinkle a little bit of Heli Command loveness in there, and maybe he'll grow a set. <laughs> what I'm hoping doesn't happen. I'm hoping he doesn't set his radio on the ground and try to run away. You know, because he did that when we were buddy box, and you guys remember? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I know, Justin. You might not remember that story. I don't know if you were around much back then, but uh, I was buddy boxing Ed uh, right when he first started, mm-hmm. and um, he the helicopter was drifting towards him. I was I was waiting, seeing if he could recover, and uh, I noticed in the corner of my eye he had taken a step back, and the radio was like two feet from the ground, and he was setting it down, getting ready to run. Oh crap! <laughs> so we'll that's see. dedication. Right that is, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you know, I, it just kind of reminds me of a story. Nothing to do with helicopters, but I used to go bow hunting with a good friend of mine, and he always said to me. You know, we, we would go hunting where there were a lot of bears down near Yellowstone. And he said, shit, I love going hunting with you, man. He said, because all I have to do is run faster than you, and I know I can do that. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> that's so true. I, I want to uh, hold your thoughts on on that. Um, at the end, towards the end of the show, I kind of want to get into a little bit of a discussion on your guys' thoughts, but we, we won't do it right now uh, on that that whole thing. I know we've talked about it before, but now that, that Justin's going to be playing with it, maybe, you know, we can kind of go into that conversation a little deeper. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, me and him had a good conversation the other day too, about how and what and who it would benefit and different ways to use it. And yeah, that'd be good. So Jesse, you didn't crash the compass and I didn't really give you an opportunity to tell us what else you've been doing this week. Well, and uh, week, you know what? I'm not interested. So we're just going to move. So, <laughs> on to the news. No, no, I'm only kidding. Come on now. What have you been up to there, Jesse? 
Jesse's uh, the new kid. You're the you're the you're the whipping boy now. You know that, right? Oh, that's okay. All right, you're okay with that. Yeah, I'm perfectly okay with that. All right, sounds good, dude. No, this week I actually was rebuilding the N5. Actually, burnt up a ring last weekend in the N5. Oh. Yeah, I know. So I had to get my hands a little dirty and work on a nitro, which I kind of usually don't like to do. But yeah, what's up with that, dude? I mean, uh, you, you didn't hire it out to cheap foreign labor to do that, or what's the deal? No, I I tried, but it kind of came down to time, and I wanted it back by this weekend. <sighs> okay. And, well, and my prices out. went up. Yeah, <laughs> then the price went up for shipping, and you know, one thing led to another, so I had to do it myself. Oh Jesus. But, so I will be rebreaking that in hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, that's so much the, fun. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Hey, Those you know what? I don't want to hear any complaints. I've got to rebreak in my freaking gasser engine, man. I'll trade <laughs> yeah. you, Jesse. No, okay, never mind. Take it back. Look, I. You know what? You're the one that chose the gasser path. I have no sympathy. Oh, I'm not complaining about the gasser. I'm just complaining about the 10-year break-in. I'll tell you what. Send it over here. I'll break it in for you. No, I'm going to get it going. I, I got to get the SX going first, though. Do you guys notice how quickly he uh, he just automatically yeah, rejected no. that idea? Yeah, he really no. didn't want you touching his heli. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I got out of that. Not at all. Now, Jesse, didn't you get... We were talking about this on the phone. What did you end up picking for um, for servos in your imaginary warp? So in my imaginary warp, which the servos in it are not imaginary. Oh, no, those are real. Those okay. are real. I chose a MKS, the DS95i for the tail. Nice, nice. And then I went with some Savix servos for the cyclic. Savix. Yeah, so now that's servos, interesting. So. Why did you choose Savix? Because last time you and I talked, Jesse, you were gonna go with the DS ninety fives on Cyclic too. Now be honest. I was, but did you see how much those things cost? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> dude I had them on my four fifty. No, it's wait, wait, wait. A full a full set of three is four hundred and fifty dollars? No, I think I think four. the MKS DS ninety fives are about seventy dollars a servo. Oh wait, and... so clear this up for me, guys. A set of four is like four hundred fifty bucks. Isn't right? the MKS servo? Isn't that no. just a rebranded? Isn't that no? A, that's Savix. Oh, Savix. That's right. A line is, is rebranded re- Savix. That's well, right. Right. Savix. A line. Yeah. And MKS is uh, an outrage. Is a rebranded MKS. Rumored. Rumored. Kind of. Rumored. Rumored. Yeah. But alleged. Yeah. The MKS are like, dude, they're badass servos. Top notch. They really yeah, are. They're, but they're, oh, I mean, they they uh they definitely. They're proud of them, is what you're saying. They're very proud of them. They do not include any lube in the boxes. None? No. None whatsoever? They, just, they give it to you. They right just bend the you right place. over right there at the post office? Yep, right in the old servo. Well, lucky hole. for Jesse, it's a it's a mini servo. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. And I didn't want to end up having a $1,300, $450. Yeah, no kidding. I know. You know what's going to be awesome? And, and I, dude, I've had this happen, so that's the only reason I can make fun of him for it. You get that new heli that's straight off the prototype shelf. You got all this like top dollar stuff in it. Not to mention it's gonna be a four fifty. You're gonna go out there, and on the second flight, something's gonna <laughs> let go, and you're gonna, gonna drive it in. <laughs> come in like a big wad of crap right in the deck in front of you. You're gonna be like, yeah, 
There's those servos. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I've had that happen, dude. So yeah. It, uh, oh, be sure you get it on video. That's 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 the most important thing. Yeah. It, it will be on video. Nice. Whatever it is. So, <laughs> but in reality, we know that video. We won't be seeing that video till sometime in 2013. Um, I don't. I think it'll be 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got I got to stick. I got to stay on my side of the bet. You know, we do have an ongoing bet here, so I'm staying strong on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see, we'll just, dude. He'll borrow we my will. 450 Pro and take the canopy off, and we'll just tell you it's a warp zone. Here it is. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's all out of focus, so you can't yeah, tell. It's all out yeah. of focus. <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. Uh, I haven't been getting a lot of flying in, and mainly because of the weather, um, but there's a serious amount of maintenance that needs to be done to my helis, and I just can't bring myself to do it. Oh, All of them? Come on. <sighs> Dude, you, okay, so Nick sent me a uh, Multigub Pro. Still in the box on the bench. Dude. I have to replace. I've got a, an enormous amount of slop in all of my servo links uh, from the servo to the bell crank to the swash. Yeah, I just line. can't bring myself to do it. Do it just one at a time, man. That's all. What do you mean, like one helicopter at a time, or just one link at a time? Just like one link at a time. <laughs> Dude, one, <laughs> you know, seriously. <laughs> Come on, how, you how gotta else, get started you somewhere. Well, links at a time. I was thinking what I was. I thinking what I was thinking is I would just send it to one of you guys, and you guys could do it for me. My plate's full, dude. Oh, like, come link, on. My plate is so freaking full like, right seriously, now. Seriously, I still haven't even just, got my 450 in the area. Just oh. building a couple of links. I know, I know. I I was just kidding there. Justin. Bring bring that shit in the shower with you, man. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, it I takes think like 30 seconds per link. Is there something that yeah. we need to... Uh, do, you, do we need to know something? What? what and uh, moving on. <laughs> is there something... <laughs> Do I need to do I need to look on some federal list to find your name or what's the deal? <laughs> some type of community awareness no. list or something? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Not me. Arrested for canopy molestation. <laughs> that is some funny shit. Alrighty guys. Like me a nice tight tail. <laughs> you sure do got a pretty link. <laughs> All right. I think it's time we go into some news. What do you guys think? Yeah, we should go the news. So, Dan, you know that Thanksgiving's coming up. You know what that means, don't you? Lots of turkey and football, dude. That's what that means. No, 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 no. The missus and all of her friends are going to be going out shopping. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what that means for us the next day? Hall pass Oh, my fly. God. So remember, guys, for all of your RC helicopter needs, go to helipros.com. Absolutely, man. Get out there. Get them ordered before. Don't wait. All righty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by helidaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right. So Line's got some CNC. Uh, slant main drive gears for the T-Rex 700 and for the Trekker coming out soon. Um, the, the white gears that are out now, um, they are molded gears. They have been known to be a little bit out around, have a little bit of a wobble to them. 
doesn't seem to cause too much of a problem. But with the release of the Trekker, people are just going to be pushing all of this harder and harder. So a line came out with this uh, black ones. They're all CNC cut. Looks pretty sweet. So we'll be looking for those out here shortly. Um, Outrage has, in conjunction with releasing the whole new um, upgraded tail drive system for the Fusion and the Velocity 50, they have a whole new tail system for the Velocity 90 uh, N2. This is sweet. I mean, we're talking larger boom. The gears are massive. They went in and redid everything in the back to beef it all up. So for you Velocity 90 owners who have had problems... Um, looks like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So this this is kind of an outright question, and I don't expect, Nick, for you to know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. But it's more of an observation, I guess. Does Burt Cameron still work for Outrage? You know, I uh, that's a really good question. I don't, I'm not 100% sure that if he ever... Did he ever actually technically work for Outrage? He was or, on, yeah, that's what I was going to no, say. He, I, yeah, look, he came on the show. And he told us that he was going to be working with Outrage to improve. With, yeah, with. but okay, working with Outrage. I think that his paycheck actually comes from Heli Direct. I think. Prestige RC. Or Prestige RC. That's why he can go between Outrage and SAB. Well, the reason, here's the explanation he gave I'm me. I'm just speculating. Yeah, the, 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 the explanation he gave me, uh, why he could fly the Goblin, seven because it was a 700. And at the time, Outrage did not have, or does not have, an electric 700. Mm-hmm. Well, that that excuse, or reason, I don't know if you want to call it an excuse, but what the hell, that's out the window now, because now, you know, Goblin does have smaller helicopters that Outrage does have. Yep. And he's been flying them. I've never, yeah, anyway. It's just, uh, just a, my curious nature, I guess. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt uh, you mid, mid. No, no, no. That's fine. Didn't mean so, to interrupt you mid news. I was mid news. Mid news. Um. So MKS. Speaking of MKS, they have got some. Holy crap! These things are awesome. Some monster X8 series servos coming out. The output shafts on these are huge. The bearings are huge. Everything about these servos is burly, fast, and precision. They're they're completely geared toward um, the large-scale airplane and 800-class uh, helis. Uh, I, you know, I think it's, it's awesome. Finally, I mean, we're pushing it. With these new helis that are coming out, Logo Extreme, you know, you've got the Trekker out. I know Nick Maxwell's been flying um, an E820, I do believe. Uh, so it's only putting more and more and more stress on all of this. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that someone's actually made, you know, the leap like MKS has now to actually saying we're marketing a servo for the 800 class. But I think that's cool. They'll probably, you know, cost an arm and a leg, but hey, what doesn't they, in this? Hobby, they right? look really sweet too, man. With yeah, the like they do look aluminum, nice. red aluminum case. Yeah, they're all aluminum. Aluminum front, the back plate's aluminum, the case is aluminum, they're thin to dissipate heat. So they should be pretty sweet. Nice. Uh, FTI distributing or distribution from Italy has uh, put out an unboxing video of the new Gowie NX4. A uh, pretty sweet video, kind of gives you an overview of what's coming in the box. I don't know, there's a lot of people getting stoked for this thing, man. Um, ugh, I just can't. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, dude, I know what's in the box. 
You know what's in the box? Yeah, heli parts. Yeah, a whole box of awesome. <laughs> whole box of heli parts. That's what's in the NX4 box. Yeah, I won't. I still really want one. I've just got so much stuff going on. It's like, dude, there's there's just not enough hours in the day, and it would piss me off if I bought it and it sat here. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing, and that that's we talked about that a few shows ago. This is the wrong time of year for a new. Well, especially for those of us that live in this neck of the woods, it's the yeah. wrong time of year for a new helicopter for us. I mean, yeah, it is tough. It's hard to get excited about yeah, it. Yeah, you know when you when you can't even fly what you got. But yeah. oh well. So Savix has uh, the new BSM fifty sixty five motor series out for six hundred and seven hundred sizes. Um, new player in the market for motors. They haven't done them before. They look pretty sweet, um, but we'll see. You know, a couple mm-hmm. of the newer companies have been, you know, moderately successful. Uh, Quantum, they seem to be hanging on, doing okay. So I think that, I think there's room in the market for, for more brands, you know, as long as the prices aren't right. Savix has had pretty good luck with the servo, so wish them the, the best of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big ones... The Futaba T14SG. The big macker, more Mac daddy of version of the 8FG. Uh, the biggest key here with this radio is the telemetry. So you don't have to buy that $3,000 radio, um, like the 18MZ, to get telemetry. Which is pretty cool because for a lot of people, you know, uh, fixed wing, multi-rotor. Yeah, I know don't care about multi-rotor but mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. telemetry is a big deal to them i have not let's see if i can find no not sure on the price yet still 14 channel it just looks cooler than the 8fg honestly well it's actually got some pretty cool um additional features like now they're going to have uh vibration warnings because of everyone's complaints on the af 8fg's like weak ass buzzer oh. or beeper <laughs> What and then the other thing that it's going to have is I think you can plug in a set of uh, headphones so that you can get audio warnings on telemetry indications. Oh, can you play your M3, M3? Can you listen to the nation while you're flying? I That was the first thing I thought of was can you actually play music or podcasts on it? I don't know, Dan. Dude, I bet you I someone's going to try to figure it out. I want MP3s that every time I dig in, like dig too far in. I want warnings for when bull sticks go into the corner. <laughs> no, <laughs> be like, whoa, dude, get out of it, buddy. <laughs> check, check this out. Here, here's what I want in my radio. I want the ability to record and not, not, not specifically voices, but I want to be able to put a uh, microphone that attaches to your chest. So when you're flying, you can record your heartbeat. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, there you go. There's telemetry for so, you. So that way, you when you, you, I mean, you can just listen to it. Just listen to the excitement. I mean, because think about that for a minute. You, you could probably get some uh, pretty fast heart rate going up every now and again. Oh yeah, definitely. So I'm looking at this radio, and I like. Yeah, it, you, it looks nice. It does look Dan nice. likey. Dan likes. I knew yeah, this was going to happen the front, too. It kind of looked like the typical, like the old 10 channel, but then uh, I kind of got like a 45 degree angle view and it's like, oh, wait a minute. It, it's kind of got like a silver face AFG look to it. Yep. Yep. You know what it has? And, and it's hard to say because we can't hold it, but it, it looks to me like it has 
what the 8FG is missing. The 8FG looks like they found the case in a Cracker Jack box. Not going to lie. Yeah. It just looks, and frankly, feels cheap. This one may feel cheap as well, but it doesn't have that. It, it's got more of a polished look, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, you know what else it looks point, like yeah. it's got? It looks like it's got the freaking switches too close, too. Oh, you know, that's... uh, Yeah, it does. They didn't change that. Uh, Well, where that radio's made, those people are small. (laughs) Little hands. (laughs) Little finners fit just fine in between there. All righty. So, let's see. The final, very final, and the big one. This This is a big one. I think so. You always so, say that. I know. Well, there's all, there's usually one big one of the week, and yeah. I think this is the big one of the week. You're just so damn excitable. That's what's awesome. I am. I'm easily entertained. <laughs> <laughs> you hang out with us. That's obvious. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a new fly barless system on the market mm-hmm. called the Icon. This is made by MSH, which is a little confusing because they just released the brain, not all that long ago. Right. But this one has a self-leveling feature in it. So, you know, a lot of people have been pretty happy with the brain, the way that it flies. I'd still like to get my hands on one to to give it a shot. But this one's kind of like the whole package deal. And, you know, we were having a conversation, me and Justin were talking about this, and... I agree with his prediction, which go ahead, Justin, I'll, I'll let you say. Uh, okay, yeah. So like Nick said, we were having a conversation about just fly barless systems in general and then getting onto the whole self-leveling bailout stuff. And, you know, what I told him was my prediction is probably in the next year or two, all of the fly barless systems on the market will at least have an option to give you self-leveling or bailout. I think because it, it just makes sense, man. Standard equipment. Yes. Standard yep. will be a Definitely. governor and a, a bailout. Yep. And satellite support and S-bus support and whatever else radios on the market. I don't think you're going to be able to sell anything unless it has all of those features. Because like this thing is even rumored, and, and I can't confirm this yet, but it's, we're talking rumored in the $250 range. So, wow. yeah, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that's that's nuts, dude. Well, when they come out with a fly barless controller that uh, actually repairs my helicopter after I crash, <laughs> um, then then they have my vote. It's got a reset button. <laughs> it's got a reset button. <laughs> time machine that'll just rewind. That would be time. pretty rad if you could do like incorporate a GPS module into it. And like, so you're flying along, and it's got the hard deck built into it. And as soon as it hit the hard, hits the hard deck, it stops and goes backwards, exact opposite of what you did to get there. <laughs> Rewind. Rewinds it back up to the top, and, and then it, it goes, stops again and pauses, and then go. And then it says, "You want to try this again? <laughs> yeah. This time, don't why be a dumbass. No, that, that's, the Futaba, that's the Futaba. That's the Futaba 14SG that says that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah no with good. your headphones. Yeah, with your headphones. Try it again, sticks. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, be looking. <laughs> Come up with all sorts of cool... <laughs> hey, Zabo, you want to give that one a shot again? 
Yeah. So be looking for the icon. I mean, I, I like it when stuff like this comes into the market because it forces the existing manufacturers to really ramp up the game. And it's, I mean, it's the thinning of the herd. You know, if you, if you can't come with these features, then you're just going to get pushed out of the way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, be looking to check that one out. And that's all I got, man. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. How about you, uh, Jesse? You got any Compass news? Uh, no. That's good. Pretty, pretty typical. <laughs> good. Wow. Uh, that's funny shit right there. I don't care who you are. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Pinion, just stop sniffing your ass and listen to RC Heli Nation. Yes, Pinion does love RC Heli Nation, but he also loves sniffing his ass. Yes. All right, so we, uh, Nick and I, had the pleasure of talking with uh, a guy from Wisconsin, but uh, not originally from Wisconsin, originally oh, from no. Jersey. You guys might recognize him as the Davey HT3 there on, uh, well, he's on the forums, does all, all those YouTube videos. We uh, We had a chance to talk with him, and let me say... It wasn't really we talking with him. It was really kind of him talking to us. <laughs> In our general direction. Yeah. Very good guy. He's got, he's got a lot to say. Uh, very enthusiastic about the hobby. Dude, he gets an A++ plus plus for enthusiasm. Oh, absolutely. And then also, it, you guys might remember a long time ago, we had his uh, significant other. Little Hammer 05, of course, you might recognize her from Heli Freak. She also has a YouTube channel. Uh, she was on way back, like episode number three, long, long time ago. So we spent a few minutes with Dave. We're going to go ahead and play that interview right now. So we will be right back. What's up, everybody? lots to talk about i love to rap with uh heli affilianos here <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what uh how long you been flying man uh actually i've been flying for about five years but only about two years ago is when i got the sim so i don't really count that as uh you know those previous four years or so of flying a blade 400 cp pro those types of things air hog that was my first heli and after the air hog, it just went downhill. I got the CP Pro, went right into collective pitch, started messing around with that, you know, on the FM setup. Uh, then the Blade 400 came around, and I wanted to move up, so I picked up that heli and uh, crashed it a few times, learned the hard way on how to set up, you know, <laughs> curves and pitch and all that. And from there, uh, I did that for about four years, and not until I got to Wisconsin and actually met some real people at a field that flew helis besides planes is when I really got educated on what helis were all about. I mean, I barely knew anything about Urcha until I came down here and, you know, started going to Urcha and got my first fly barless heli and my Compass Adam 500. And from there it was downhill. Now it's, now I really see what the hobby's about. And uh, lately I've just been wanting to help educate other people coming into the hobby what it's about with uh, RC Heli tutorials and I started up a YouTube channel and past six months, I think I started them in March was my first one. And I 
just been trying to break down things into as simplest components for new guys. You know, you see all these posts on the forums and threads of people that are just asking these questions, and it's like, well, yeah, it's a simple question. Somebody may not take the time to answer that, so heck, I'll do a video. Yeah, I'm gonna so, do. Hey, Dave, I'm gonna do it for you. You ready? You ready? Just <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> you know, it. it so when, what's your just, what's your username? First of all, before we get too far into this, what you're you're on Heli Freak, I assume. Yep, I'm on Heli Freak. Uh, on Heli Freak, it's just Davy HT3. Mm-hmm. On uh, on my website, it's uh, the Davy HT3 Productions at Weebly.com. Okay. Then uh, on uh, YouTube, it's uh, the Davy HT3. Sounds real good. So <clears throat> you may remember, and uh, Nick wasn't with us at the time, but we actually had. Uh, I'm not sure. Is she? What is she? Is she your shack up, or is she your wife, or what's the deal? <laughs> uh, she's a little more than a shack up. Okay, uh, all right. Okay. And of course, we're uh, talking we about uh, Melissa, Little Hammer 05. You guys might recognize that name from the forums. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's she, very recognizable. <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, she was on, like, I was just looking at it the other day, like episode number three, Girls Fly Helis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we were just talking about that. And now uh, three episodes, I think, past that is now it's my turn to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a little more so, than three, but. We, uh, you know, we were, um, we, we, we talked with her quite a bit and how, how's her YouTube page coming along? Of course, as you guys might remember, little, little hammer 05 has a YouTube page as well, where she does some simming. Now tell me this, have you got her into a real helicopter yet? Or is she still doing the sim? She's mostly on the sim. Uh, she's been messing with like blade 130X, uh, things like that. We've been kicking around with toys, uh, Basically, it's a financial issue for her. Uh, the economy's just been horrible in her sure. line of work. And she just got a new job, and she's working towards uh, putting together some frames that I got. I got a whole 500, you know, tail boom and just all these miscellaneous parts I've been collecting to kind of build up a second heli. And uh, she's, she's almost ready. The sim, she really shines. And if it wasn't such a crunch for her to go out and wreck one, I'd probably hand her my six. I mean, uh-huh. once you go fly barless, it's not that hard, you know. And, uh, you know, basically she could take off and hover, and I'm pretty confident she'd do just fine, fly around a little forward flight and stuff like that. I think my biggest concern would be the landing, probably touching the tail, you know, sending it into a, a pirouetting mess on the ground. I think that would be her only issue would be the landing part and that's sure. what we're worried about well but that's what we all we all have to go through that at some stage in the game yeah just not before we get the warp on the shelf and have you know four helis up there <laughs> nice right, and well, pretty before we get too far into it this is an issue that we got to address i okay. know that you fly compass helicopters you have a 6hv right i've seen videos who are we talking to here you Oh, me. Yeah, I, yeah. I love Compass Hellies. I, I no, was I actually fortunate enough that... Uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick doesn't have anything to do with Compass. Nick's oh, like, yeah, that's what I was saying. I think Jesse. Doesn't he fly Compass? Who's Jesse? Yeah. Who's Jesse? Yeah, Jesse who? Oh, you mean the Compass dude. Jesse, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, Compass yeah. dude. <laughs> so, you know, look. You know how I feel about Compass. Yeah, yeah. And, you love uh, him, right? <laughs> yeah. I love Compass. Yay, Compass. So how long okay. are you affiliated? Are you like a rep or what do you do? Are you like, uh, are you like I'm the, just the are, field rep right now? Oh, for so you're not, you're not like the head compass licker. Cause I thought that's what Jesse was. 
<laughs> I think that's his position right now. Maybe uh, maybe you can trip and fall, and I'll, I'll step on him to pick it up. <laughs> so, so you've uh, been how long have you been doing the compass thing, and, and why? The, first of all, I mean, what 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 drew you to compass? What drew me to compass was I had a mentor. I still do. Uh, Jason O'Connell O'Connell sixty five on uh, YouTube, and he's a uh, he's a heli freaker as well, and uh, it's a uh, barnstormer on heli freak. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, familiar. Yep. Barnstormer, uh, I met him at the first phone fly I attended around here back in uh, 2010, I think it was. And he was flying his M500, and I had my Blade 400 sitting there, my CP Pro, and he just started laughing at me with this big broken grin and his long hair. And I was like, what? What's so funny? He's like, man, you got to get an Adam. <laughs> so I checked out his heli, and back then he was flyboard. Uh, I'm not sure what equipment he was running on for the gyro, but he had a... Yeah, there was some JR servos on it. Looked really nice, a nice looking heli. Yeah. And uh, he, he took it up. And, you know, he was the only guy who really sat there and talked with me. Like, we kind of clicked. You know, you're around a group of people and no one wants to talk to anyone. Well, we, you know, him and I were really easy to break the ice because we're like the oddballs at the field. So uh, we got to talking and uh, we went to Urcha that same year. And uh, all downhill from there, I ended up buying his Adam 500. Right. He he only had one flight on it with the B-Stacks. He put the B-Stacks on it and some nice SAB blades. And then the 6HV came out. And he's like, you know, I, w- I want to sell this so I can get the 6. I was like, okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'm game. Uh, at that point, I had been on the sim for like four or five months. And I was getting really good with it. And I already knew how to hover and all basic flying stuff. So I took to it like a duck to water. And now I can just tear it up pretty much. I mean, I'm not the best. I'm no Alan Zabo. I, my purpose isn't really to be the best heli pilot. I like to help people. I really, I get my rocks off helping people. Oh, you know? whoa, whoa. It's the family show. <laughs> Edit that uh, part hey, out. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I need? I need, you know what I need, Nick? I need one of those bullhorns or one of those horns that you, they, <laughs> yeah, just, just so I could like, I, I could get, right. I could get David to stop so I could get a word. In. I'm not used to not being able to get a word in edgewise. I got to tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. No, I'll slow it down I, for you. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Don't worry about me. Hey, uh, I do. I'm going to take a stab in the dark, and I'm going to say that you are not originally from Wisconsin, and I know that you alluded to that. But I'm going to take a stab, and I'm going to say you are an East Coaster. Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> You're from Jersey, right? Yes, sir. Very good. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, dude. Not too much anymore. <laughs> I, I am a, I am a master of dialect. I don't know if you know that, Nick. Did you know that? I did not know that. Did yeah, you? I mean, I just called it right there, right, yo? No, that was yeah, that was you dead sure on. Did. You I, I mean, it. I gave I you know. every bit of information I had as far as my uh, internet things go. I mean, it could, a couple clicks. <laughs> Dude, I do. No. No, hey, look, wait, there's another thing you need to know about me. I never prepare for an interview. No. Oh, I didn't either. I just sat here and sweat bullets for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Got nervous. Yeah, I'm starting t- to calm down now. Not now. We're you, talking. Wait, wait. Did you get nervous because you're going to be talking to? Dan and the Dan. Nick. No, just Dan. No, no, the Nick. The, the, I think you were more Nick? intimidating yeah, than those so. guys. Those guys just sit back and crack along, and you're just like, oh. you know, you're, you're God's finger on this thing. Jeez. <laughs> right. He is. All I got to do is show up Oh be my smart God. I know. This, guys. These guys just show up and, like, put their feet up on the bench and, Listen like, whatever. <laughs> I know no, what's I was, up. I was pretty comfortable with it. But. Yeah, well, you know, it's all good. So, you know, we... Um, we we should talk a little. I, I don't want to go into. I, I do eventually want to go into, but right now, 
Uh, we're gonna go know, in- we got we got to get this thing organized. You're going to have to do so much editing. Oh, and so much what's 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 that? <laughs> no, what I'm saying is we're going to talk about your YouTube page, but don't go into it yet. Okay. <clears throat> but I do want you to know that we're going to talk about it so we can tell people what you're doing there and kind of go over that. Okay, so, so you want, you know, biography, hey, then we'll do, hit the hey, YouTube and sh- just listen. Sh- That's what we do. I'm going to give you some direction. He here. will set it up for you <laughs> on a P. So what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about your, you, you fly there in Wisconsin uh, locally and you've got a club. You fly at a club. I've seen some video of it. Pretty nice looking uh, club. That club is no more. <laughs> oh, what happened to it? Is it like on a reserve or something? It looked super nice. <laughs> it's a beautiful club, Dan, actually, and I loved it to death. Uh, I actually got pretty good at Helios pretty quick, and uh, I guess there were some jealousy issues, and they came up with an excuse to pretty much just, they banned me from the club. Why didn't you send the so. situation after them? I mean, you guys are like brothers, right? Both being from Jersey and all. <laughs> oh, you guys! Yeah, I'm shocking you guys with my cultural references, there, aren't I? Oh, well, what have you been watching in the meantime, dude? Core TV, man, come on, you know that. Core TV. Basically, yo. what happened was I was flying, coming at the flight line. You know, I'd do a, a rolling loop, and the fuselage would be sideways, coming at the flight line. They didn't like that. Then I'd come nose in, and I'd do nose in flips. They yeah. didn't like that, and. uh being a heli guy, you know, that's what you do. You try to get better, and they just wanted me to fly a pattern. And if you couldn't fly a pattern or go fly in their little circle, no. So, so did you not listen yeah. to our last week's episode? I, I caught some of it, and then we were talking about flight safety and things getting out of control when you're by yourself and stuff like that. I, I didn't get to that part because I had to go to work. <laughs> I got screwed at that one. <laughs> but So... um Give me a second. I just took a bite of a. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Can you guys? Can you guys guess what I just had a bite of? Probably the biggest set of nuts you've had in your hand in a while. Well, I, that last time I had a big <laughs> set of nuts in my hand was at Othello, Nick. Don't you remember that? <laughs> you you're gonna tell anyone. <laughs> so all right, I, okay. So you're not flying at that club anymore. But no. but well, I gotta ask you. It's a huge state. So so <laughs> look look, I you guys there were golf carts at that club. Right and like, yeah. and like trailers to hook up to the golf carts to haul your shit out to the flight line. Dude, it was a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> Let me put it to you that way. That uh, part. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So it was, it was just so much. It was so much more of a hassle to do that than pack your shit out one piece at a time. Come on, man. I used to just walk because all the plankers would be taking the golf cart. There was only one cart and two trailers. They'd link up two trailers like a train have like their 3D hobby shop planes on one and then a bunch of just scale planes on the other. It's back and forth for like, Melissa actually helped me out a lot. She'd grab my stuff. She'd carry a heli or two and I'd grab the box and the transmitters and we rolled like that. We're a team. Lil Hammer and I are inseparable and we kick butt, man. And you know what? She stuck through me through all this stuff, with you know, thick and thin, man. I couldn't thank her enough. So sometimes sometimes you get lucky. That's unfortunate. So you are, do you fly at a club? Do you have a club you're flying at now? We're actually just... trying to sanction our own club right okay, now. Okay, so how many flyers do you got? How many people do you fly with locally? Uh, actually, Eric B., uh, he'd be coming out and flying. Uh, sometimes I get out and fly with him. Uh, yeah, I don't Jason, know who that is. What I'm looking for here, dude, is a number, you see? Because I, well, like I, don't, I don't know any four, of those people. Five right now. 
maybe six. <laughs> Not enough to sanction a club. That's the issue. Oh, We're, I see what you're getting. Are, at. are down. So, <laughs> all right. So, so you guys out. are flying uh, just at a random field. Yeah. Okay. You know, with our heinies in the air. Sure, that works, yeah. man. We do that out here in Montana sometimes. Of course, uh, as Nick will tell you, there's plenty of room out here in Montana to do that. Everywhere. That's what I'm saying. Wisconsin's field. huge, too. Lots of fields everywhere. Well, you, probably, dude, you got Milwaukee in Wisconsin. You got a pro football team in Wisconsin, so don't be talking to me about <laughs> how much room you have over there. <laughs> so we're at in Wisconsin. Now you don't have to give us an exact location, but are you? where are you at, essentially? About 20 yeah. miles outside of Milwaukee. Oh, so you like know Jeffrey Dahmer and all those guys. Oh, gosh. You could just drive right through there and see the hotel where he strangled that one dude. <laughs> It's like, Melissa, you know what happened in there? I start telling her. Yeah, we know Jeffrey Dahmer. You, you do, huh? You know him? Personally, yeah, of course. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, so you've got a few guys you fly with. How many people do you find are, are um, I guess, looking to fly? I mean, do you get a lot of newcomers? I mean, only three people. Doesn't sound like it. But do you find that you get some new guys showing up for help? Well, the way that I actually got my compass rep was I actually had some people coming to Mike, getting info on helis and starting to pick things up. So I actually had two guys come around and, uh, you know, they just see me flying at random because they don't know about the field or they don't go there because they don't like it. You know, field's got a pretty bad rep around here. So these guys will be going to a park or whatever with their wife and uh, they see me flying, busting some smack and they'll come over and just start rapping when, when I land the heli. And it just goes downhill from there. So uh, that that's how it works, you know. And I think it's better than being a member at the field rep status-wise because you see people that aren't just into planes. They're not just into one driven thing. They're actually just out there open-minded going for a walk with their dog or something, you know, or their wife. And they see this thing and they're just like, wow, <laughs> how'd you do that? What button made that do that? It's like, there ain't no button, man. Let me explain. And uh yeah, that's how we suck them in around here. <laughs> so let's move on. Let's talk about your, your YouTube page. Okay. So you've decided that you're going to, yeah, you're, you are making videos for the purpose of, of teaching people. What, what are you teaching them? Are you, are you looking at heli setup or heli flying skills or? or uh, we've uh, actually, uh, it's been all mechanical so far. I'm still kind of new to this whole youtube thing trying to get camera angles right so i've been experimenting with just mechanical things like bearing lubing fixing your main gear uh talking about one-way bearings uh, a little bit of servo setup i i did start to break into the flying videos i got a little camera rig set up on my transmitter so that they can see the sticks and then mm-hmm. i inset that into the main video and then the main video is the heli flying and then i'll, I'll commentate I've been working on doing a voiceover so that I can just voice over and you don't have to hear so much of the rotor. I can kind of buffer that out a little bit. And uh, I'm going into setups with the warp once that stops being delayed. Yeah, once next, the warp next, comes next around, year. I'll... Next year. <laughs> 2013. Yeah. It's actually coming out my, my the month of my birthday, so that's pretty sweet. I got an excuse to get something for myself, something really nice. Dude, I got and, some... And, uh, I guess how they live in denial. I know, dude. Dude, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> I'll sell it to you cheap, dude. Cheap. Yeah. And I will deliver on November 5th. I promise you that. So let I me- think you'll make it. I saw it flying at Urcha. I personally, I held it. It thing is bulletproof, man. It's like, you know. I'm going to fill you in on something. I saw a whiplash gasser 
fly a year and three months before it was released. Just saying. That's that's rough. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Compass <laughs> is pretty good with their word bringing things to a market. I haven't I haven't had any issues with them. Like right. 6HV was on time. Yeah, seven. yeah, yeah. We don't want to go into the whole Compass thing. <laughs> well, we want to kind of focus on your, on your uh, YouTube page. So I've seen your videos, not all of them, but I've seen a few. And one thing that caught my attention one time is, and I don't know if you're doing this constantly, but I seem to remember... You're, you do like a monthly giveaway or was that kind of a one-time thing? No, I, I try to do giveaways as much as possible. And, you know, that's, that's great marketing. Thanks, man. Um, I do try to do a giveaway every once in a while. The money's just not there right now. No. It's been rough, dude. So, you know, trying to save up for the warp and not trying to diss my viewers or anything, but get one for myself so I could do a what's in the box and show everybody what's going on. Money's a little tight. But other than that, yes, I tried to uh, monthly giveaway. Uh, I gave away MCPX. I gave away my first, that CP Pro, I gave that away. Um, lots of flight videos. Uh, there is also other miscellaneous videos, uh, you know, off heli topics. I do a lot of planking as well. Yeah. That's what weirded me out about the field. Those guys like. I thought saw I saw one of your, I, th- I thought I saw one of your videos on uh, two bait the other day. Did, was that? <laughs> No. <laughs> he just couldn't go one without mentioning it. Could you? He's, he's oh, like, man. you're not sure what to do. Don't Google it. Don't, 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 don't Google it. Don't, don't, don't. Uh-uh. No, don't do it's it. Like, not now, anyway. No. And, and if you do, make sure Melissa is in the other room. I'm telling you that right now. Anyway, moving on. Bad so dude. we, um, you've got these, you've got all these videos out. How, how many in total do you have up there? Posted? Uh, I think it's two hundred three or two hundred four right now. Two hundred and three videos. Well, I've been at it for three years now, <laughs> Damn, and dude. I was doing live videos before I got into helis completely. I was just trying to get into YouTube. I always wanted to do videos. I like film, editing. I went to college for uh, computer-aided design. I did a little bit of graphic design. I did welding in college. I just try to be a little bit of everything, which is really oh, hard hang to on a sec. <laughs> hang on a sec. I'm, I'm trying to make the connection. Maybe you can help me with this. Com- oh, go for it. Computer design and welding. Oh, it integrates perfectly. Does it? Because when you're welding, you got to look at a print. Well, if you're going to make something that has to be welded, you got to make the print. It all it all meshes right together. Uh, actually, not to get too far sidetracked here. <laughs> that logic is amazing. Out, I have been designing something. I've got something in the works, and uh, uh, it's totally different than anything that's ever been presented to a market as far as helis go with the drivetrain. Never been seen in the market before. Trust me. Different drivetrain, huh? Totally different. Rubber bands? It, it's going to be <laughs> rubber bands. Interesting. <laughs> no, not rubber bands. You know, they used to use piano wire as uh, torque tube uh, drives. Really? Yeah, so oh, yeah, I've heard something like one. that. Right here. Hang it up right next to me. I got one, too, in the trailer, man. Uh, Kyosho Concept. I was going to say, was that Kyosho or like a Robo thing? Or? Or? I could have sworn back in the day they didn't have tail rotors. So. <laughs> uh, I got two old ones in my trailer, and they both have tail rotors, and they're both driven by piano wire. Wow. I thought for sure. Sh- dude, I lost a bet. Not to sidetrack our conversation, but I lost a bet when I first it was, it was given to me. I got the field. And so I go to twist the whatever, you know, grab onto the tail hub, and I can feel it, you know, like you would with a belt. Give a little. Yeah. I said, well, that's a belt drive. No, it's not. I said, yes, it is. That's not. It's just, <laughs> oh, no. So anyway, didn't. totally lost that one. It's a uh, piano wire. Anyway. So why don't you give us the URL of your, uh, how do we find your YouTube page? Uh, you can just Google the Davy HT3. 
Benign. That would bring it up. It would come right to you right there. Uh, nice. I'm on a computer. I could get you the exact URL or if you wish. Well, you could you could email that to me and I could put it in our show notes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, we'll do that. And uh, so what's coming up for you, man? Are you now it's winter time obviously and you guys you guys get harsh winters over there. But uh, well, it's uh, not quite winter, I guess, but well, we got snow on the ground, so I'm calling it winter even if it's not winter yet. Transmitter bag. Yeah. Hands. You do fly yeah. you like I fly all year round. I never stop flying. So the you're, only time I actually stop flying is if I crash. So hard. you're you're a, you're a hell of a lot closer to Urcha than us. Do you go to Urcha? Yes. This year coming up will be my third one. Uh, I hope that I can pick up a little something more than just a rep. But if I don't, oh well. I just like to go and just do it. It's a lot you, of fun. Do you take just Melissa like, with you? Do you make her stay at home? No, Lil Hammer will be coming with us. Nice. Us? Who's us? The whole, the whole group of guys there from Wisconsin? Wisconsin? We'll try to get the whole Wisconsin gang out there. <laughs> I don't know. I know Jay will be there. Uh, we'll probably just be pitching a tent this year. We kind of want to do our own thing this time. Usually it's with Jay and what Jay wants to do. I mean, I'll probably silver it and then content the whole time or whatever. But So how long, uh, we're, we're kind of winding down, but tell me this. How long have you been in Wisconsin? This will be my third year. Third year. Tell me this. Have you found the goodness that is cheese curd yet? Oh man, they're awesome! I Jeez, highly recommend them. Even at gas stations, oh. you can pick them up. Let me, you know let you're me, in Wisconsin. Wait, wait. You got cheese curds. Let me gas let me station. give you guys a little warning. Don't go crazy on the cheese curds. <laughs> no, don't go crazy on them. Just have a few. Because have a few no, 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 look, far, far away. <laughs> if you go crazy, it creates a plug, <laughs> and I'm going to let you guys use your imagination <laughs> gross, for the rest of the way. It is horrible. Yeah, that's what happens when you get old, dude. You don't know what that's all about yet. You're still a whippersnapper like Nick. Oh, yeah, God. right. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. All righty. <laughs> I thought I was going to come on with some stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, anyway, Davey, we sure... Davey. Davey's fine. Yeah, Davey. that, that don't, Davey. I don't know. I, I think it's because I've been calling you Davey for so long without you even knowing it. Yeah. It's been yeah. a lot of fun having you on, man. I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, we'll, do, we'll go ahead and... Uh, Put your uh, link up on the YouTube page or our, your YouTube link up oh, on cool. our page. <laughs> and, I think um, he's saying he wants the this link up on my YouTube page too. That's his way of saying. Yeah. Sub me, I'll sub you. <laughs> I'll take a link. No, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, it's just an honor to come on and be able to talk to you guys and just get the thing out. You know, I'm all about helping noobs. If you send me a personal message on YouTube or Halley Freak, uh, I've even called people or had them call me. It don't matter. As long as you're not crazy, I'll talk you right through any type of situation as long as I have the knowledge needed to help you out. You sounds, sounds real good, man. That's that's kind of what makes this hobby go around. Yeah, and you know, All to right. each his own. Uh, if you like scale, if you like 3D, whatever, as long as you're enjoying it and having fun, that's all that matters. Sounds real good. Tell uh, Little Hammer 05 hi for us, and uh, we'll talk to you later, dude. All yeah, right. Thanks a lot for having me on. So, Nick, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and I see that you did send that goblin back. I'm not going to lie, Dan. I grew really attached to that thing. The way it flew, the visibility, the smoothness. I'm I'm kind of thinking I might have to give me one. Really, dude? You think you might get one of those? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no reason not to. You know, I think I'm going to take some time, sit down, and figure out what size is going to suit me best. Yeah, I think you should, man. They've got the Magnum, the one for the regular Joe... And then they've got the one for the little guy. So go look at their webpage and find out which one suits you best.
Okay, that was Davey HT3. I'm telling you, the guy's amped up, isn't he? Dude, he's. I wish that I could <laughs> bottle that up because I need so I need a couple shots of that. Yeah, you know, he, he's got a lot of enthusiasm, and that is great because that is what propels the hobby. And you know, guys like him, that's that is a representation of the hobby. It is. So go ahead and, you know, be sure to check out his YouTube page and uh, give him some support. He does. I've watched quite a few of his videos. So um, the ones I've watched weren't really uh, educational. They were just more, here's me flying my. Oh, he's a compass dude too, Jesse. I I noticed. Oh, he loves the compass. (sighs) Oh, he does, man. He loves the compass. His more instructional videos are great. I mean, he goes through a lot of it is kind of somewhat basic stuff, but for a lot of people, they don't, it's really hard to learn by reading, Yeah, you know, and if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you don't have, or you live in Montana, you don't have people to really, (laughs) to really help you through, you know, to to show you. Um, So anytime that someone's out there, you know, like Davey is putting these videos out just with the intentions of just helping people, helping people learn uh, you know, that, that struggle to read or can't get any hands-on experience. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah, man, keep up what you're doing. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Keep uh, keep that shit up, dude. Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit. About, we mentioned it last week. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about last week's episode. That was um, polarizing. <laughs> polarizing. That's a very <laughs> polite way. We... um. We got a lot of response from last week's episode. I, I didn't really get any like negative stuff, but uh, I just want to mention that uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Reyes Canales, there you know him there, Justin from Snohomish. Yep, yep. He did send me a uh, thesis on safety. I uh, figured he would with references and all, you know, APA format. No, he didn't get that in Dale, but he, I'm telling you, he he did send me a long letter, and he sent me a story or two of some incidents that had happened. And you know, he did make one point, and I, I'm going to kind of we we kind of alluded to it, but I guess we didn't really outright say it. Um, there's one issue that he was thinking that maybe we should have mentioned was, you know, when you're at a fun fly and you find that you happen to be next to somebody. It's the night. Things are getting a little out of hand. Be a little careful about approaching them yourself. Um, because if you approach somebody and you have no specific authority at that particular event, eh, when some guy, you know, when they've had a few beers, some people might take that the wrong way. So, you know, be sure to just find somebody who can handle it and let them handle it. Uh, Reyes wanted to kind of point that out because that can get sticky. You know, there's just no question. I hate to think that it would. And it's all in, it's all in your approach too, guys. Keep that in mind. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would say the majority, like the kind of the, well, despite for the ones that were uh, not super happy with what I had to say, most of the emails that I got were kind of a, a generalization of, Hey, you know what? The most important thing here is use common sense. Yeah. And it's, you know, just walk out there, show up at a fun fly and think. 
I mean, think about you do something before you do it. And I, I think if more people did that, and that's what I had kind of alluded to, and, th- and that's really kind of the big cloud that all of this, you know, falls under. If people were just to think about it for a second and be, be conscious of it and be respectful. And I think that was the other thing that I heard. I heard that word a lot. Yeah. If people just had a little bit more respect for the hobby and for others, we probably wouldn't even be having you know, this conversation. There, there were, I got some that were quite, you know, quite, the, oh, you're just trying to take the fun and you don't even know, you know, we never have anyone get hurt and everything. And it was mostly the, uh, the Southern folk, careful, <laughs> you know. Careful now, I, careful. Well, I mean, you know, like <laughs> like where the, the spotlight <laughs> flying originated from. Yeah. That, you know, well, you guys just in your... You're big fancy this and you're big fancy that. We're just out there to have a good time. Hey, you know, everyone's out there to have a good time. And I, and I'm not saying don't do it. I am spotlight flying in particular. I'm really kind of on the fence about. I think it, it can be done, but it, you got to be super, super careful with it. Yeah. Uh, construction light flying absolutely can be done. As long as it's regulated. Again, and I did get some, I got... I actually got an email from a club officer uh, who was in charge of safety, and, and I was expecting right when he enti- you know started that. I'm reading that email. I'm like, oh god, here it comes. You know, <laughs> this guy I probably because I mean I threw those guys under the bus. I'm not gonna lie. He said, you know what? You're absolutely right, and I don't feel like I have the support from the rest of my club to stand up there and say something. Right. Right. And that, that was another lot of part of it. All of these guys that have taken the safety officer roles and, and are putting on and, and a part of these events, they, I think they know how to do it right. I really believe so. If, if you're involved in a big club, it, it's not that hard. It's a lot of common sense, but they feel so intimidated yep. that they don't feel like they have the support of not only the other people that are there helping, but the support of the other pilots out there. You know, so guys, if you're out there, just like Dan was saying, you don't have to, you know, leave it to them to be the one to do the policing. But let them know that you support them. Say, hey, we've got a pretty big group down here that are getting a little bit concerned about this. Would you mind saying something? We've got your back. And that way, if they go up there and they do say something to that pilot and he starts lipping off, you know, you guys can just casually kind of walk by and, 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 you know, stand up for him. Help get his back. You know, help calm that that individual pilot down if he does get tweaked about it. Um, you know, support the people that are trying to do right. I can't I can't find it right now, but let me... I did get an email from a guy, um, a fairly new flyer. He started his email out with, um, I'm, I'm a little weary after listening to your guys' last show about safety and flying at a fun fly. And I just simply, I want to, I want to make sure that those of you who maybe are feeling that way, understand just a couple things. First of all, there's little to no control. You have little to no control over what other people are doing. You have all the control in the world over what you're doing. That being said, if you find yourself in a situation where someone is flying and you're not familiar with their skill or their ability or what they do, just pay extra attention the first time you see them fly. 
you will then start to make mental notes of who you need to pay closer attention to when you see them hovering. And I mean that not in the sense of flying, but hovering around the flight stations like they're getting ready to go fly. Mm -hmm. So you can just kind of keep an eye on what's going on because you don't have any control over what other people are doing for the most part, but you do have control over where you are, where you're standing, and how close of attention you're paying to the situation at hand. Don't let it don't let it affect your flying at a fun fly because I got to tell you it is so much fun to go hang out at a fun fly and just be around other helicopter people but don't let that stop you. Don't. Well, and and also keep in mind guys that, you know, most of the people out there flying at a fun fly are skilled enough and have done it long enough to know what their limits are. The flight line is there for a reason. They observe the 30 or, you know, 20, 30 foot distance at least, if not more, between the flight line and the pit. And, you know, if it's m- more often than not, it's just common sense, like Nick was saying, the emails were telling him. But like I said last week, and what Dan, you're hitting on again this week, is the fact that sometimes there are people out there that don't have the business, have any business doing what they're doing. And really do need to be watched. And honestly, they're few and far between. So I echo your your comments exactly, Dan. It, don't don't flip out over it, guys. It's um you you're really selling yourself short if you don't go to a fun fly with the intent to fully enjoy it. I we got a lot of emails on the last show, and thank you. First of all, we we love interacting with you guys like that. So keep them coming. Um, we'll take as much time as we need to to talk about them. And any relevant emails we get, we'll definitely talk about on the show. I also want to mention, too, that we did get, a, I'm starting to get quite a few of those uh, scary story situations. Uh, some of you have posted a few on on um, Facebook. Please send them to me directly at my email, dan at rchillynation.com. We'll go through those, and as we get them, uh, you know, we get some that are extraordinary. We'll definitely talk about them, and we'll send you a shirt. Uh, those kind of things. So keep them up. I mean, there were a, a lot of feedback on the last show. I think we hit a few nerves. And that's always a good thing. So what we're going to do now, guys, is we're going to kind of go into, you know, I, at the beginning of this segue, I talked about an, a topic last week that we're going to touch on this week. And uh, essentially what it boils down to is visibility. Now, not only... Not only environmental visibility, as far as you know, is it cloudy? Is it foggy? Is it is it, you know what's your what's your environment like? But what do you put on your helicopter to make it so you can see it better? Now here's something that just amazes me, <laughs> and uh, I see it on YouTube quite a bit. But I was actually able to experience it at Othello. I don't know how Nick does it, dude. I don't know how you do it. Nick doesn't use a canopy when he flies. I don't, Not, I don't get it. I don't, because you know what? If I don't use a canopy, I might as well just pick the helicopter up by the tail boom <laughs> and ax it into the ground like I'm trying to chop wood because that's what's going to happen shortly after I take off. Yeah. First of all, why? Why? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. So there's two, two reasons. <laughs> two reasons why. And you, you'll laugh at the two reasons. One is it's one more thing to break in a crash. Right. And when you are uh, out there trying to push it, out there uh, maybe testing some new products or trying out new settings, 
uh, stuff happens <laughs> and you end up crashing a fair amount. Yeah. Don't don't ever think everyone that the better you get, the less you will crash. Because <laughs> that's just, that's not true. Not true at all. If you're really progressing and pushing it. So that that's one. I guess maybe there's three. Number two, I hate taking canopies on and off, dude. Oh, dude, come on now. I was going to say the lazy thing had to come in somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm being honest. And it is. It really is. It wears, especially like when when you're out there banging out a lot of flights, I wear through uh, um, canopy grommets. And and on the nitros, it just tears up canopies on and off, on and off. It does. I'll agree with that. And I hate that. That drives me nuts. Because I'm not the kind of guy, uh, a lot of people will fly a canopy even to the point where it's like a floppy good baseball glove. You know, it's been through three, four crashes. And, you know, <laughs> we'll like, like Rob we'll was judge. talking about with the tissue paper and the super glue <laughs> and all that. That's not me. My canopies have to look okay. So uh, that's that's another reason. Vanity. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm. I'm just being honest. Hey, I appreciate that. (laughs) So let me look here. Here's my thing with the taking the canopies off and on. I can get six flights on my RX pack. Mm -hmm. I only have to take my canopy off my nitro every six flights. See, that's not bad. I mean, that would be great. Um, I don't run a switch on my nitro. Oh, right. right. I'm a non switch kind of guy. I've had some, issues in the past and so I keep my my setups very simple um, because because I do a lot of testing even on my larger size electrics you know maybe with different servos or just a lot of bench time set up messing around with settings and tweaking with settings I do run on my 700e a receiver pack so I have to plug that in then on the 700s you're also pulling you know you're pulling the batteries out of the front uh, the whiplash is sweet because you can sideload the batteries with canopy on. So if you have a BEC on that, you do you never have to take. Never it have to take. It is very nice. I can yeah, attest a, to that. <laughs> it's a it's a sweet setup. But it is. on the seven hundred, not so much. So it's mostly just lazy. But here's the here's the caveat. And Dan, you're gonna even get a little bit of satisfaction. And I know we'll get into this. Um I do have a couple of rules for that which is odd, uh, you will never, ever see me fly with black skids. Ever. Okay. I will only fly white skids. What you use your canopy for, I use my skids for. But it's so small, like your penis. <laughs> it's small, and you have to squint. <laughs> but there is two, so... <laughs> huh. You must have you must have really good eyesight. You have really good eyesight, Nick. I have. I don't wear glasses. Yeah. But okay. So another. Uh, so that that is my one rule. There's one there. Uh, okay. Secondly, I generally will only do it on a clear day. All right. So you do keep your canopy with you in case you yes. do need to do it. I always have a canopy with me. And uh, last week. Um, Pretty much, I think, since we got back from Othello. You, you, so you always keep a Jimmy cover, just in case. Just in case. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to be safe when you're going into those prepared. cloudy, murky situations, Dan. 
<laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So like last week and the week before, I did fly with a canopy because it's just, you get one of those, you know, godforsaken black, you're waiting for, you know, the yeah. apocalypse to come clouds up here that we get. You'd lose anything in the air if you didn't have a canopy on it. Yeah. Where the hell Unless, it just becomes a shadow. And it, it, it and becomes lose, a shadow even with a canopy for the most part. Well, yeah, and let's face exactly. it, living in the Pacific Northwest, we're probably going to be flying with canopies more often than not. It's yeah, just, Dan, that you only saw Nick when it was clear, so he's flying without one. Yeah. I, let me ask you this. When you first started, uh, when you when you first decided that, oh, I can fly this without a canopy, did you struggle with it? Is, was it something you had to get used to? Or did you just like, meh, this, this, no, there's no difference for me? Um, no, I did struggle a little bit, but it <laughs> it was actually out of a, necessity, right? Because you didn't have a canopy because you crashed one, or one was scratched no. and you didn't want to fly it. It was a necessity <laughs> in my mind because I'm anal retentive about some things. Uh-huh. Uh, so the original N5 when it came out was very nose heavy. I mean, very nose heavy on, and it was a heavy fifty size. The, oh, the original that, one. That that canopy was real thick, right? Dude, it was huge. It was like yeah. a freaking eight hundred class canopy on the nose of a big. It was like Kevlar armor. Yeah, and it was really <laughs> thick and really heavy. And you could like, seriously, in order to get that heli to CG out properly, you could only put like a seven hundred milliamp pack on <laughs> of it. So you still you still can't get much bigger of a pack on it. No, no, no. And, and so all of the synergy guy, it's like the synergy guys that kind of started it. No one ever flew. And even when I was on the synergy team, we used to get in trouble. Like, hey guys, all right, here's the deal. When you're at fun flights, can you please fly with your canopy on? People need to know what you're flying. We actually got in trouble for it. Um, so that helicopter kind of started it for me. And then it, it, it did kind of make me just get used to it. And the convenience, um, I would never fly with one on if I didn't have to. But, okay, so what I would like to, uh, let me ask you, Dan, and I know that I think Jesse and me and Justin, I think, have been through this too. When you're first learning, dude, everything. I don't know about you guys. I went through like on my 600 Nitro. I, I tried every single weird little gimmick uh-huh. color. I need this. I'm going to paint my own Reflect- because I need this. Reflective this. Yep. Reflective that. Oh, no. Well, this cover. I mean, I got scientific. Okay. So <laughs> what is technically the best color that would stand out against uh, a neutral density gray background? <laughs> I mean, dude, it was like the discussion at the field. And I remember going to the field and on a cloudy day sitting there with a couple other guys this was a different club way back you know all with nothing but excuses on why we weren't getting any better um oh oh, well it's just too dark i just can't yeah the sky's not right bad light bad Bad light light. bad light i haven't said bad light in the last two years you you grow out of it yeah it it, i mean there's a point where you realize you don't really care what the color is or you fly without one and it's not that big of a deal anymore. But Look, but yeah, I, I, I can remember the same thing, Nick, where in fact, you and I had several conversations where we said, OK, OK, here's the thing. During the summer, 
our clear weather or sunny weather canopies are going to be like orange or red. But uh-huh. when it's dark and gloomy out, it's got to be green. Yeah. It was just weird. I mean, and I got, man, I think I tried every colored piece of sticky tape shit on this side of the planet. You know, one side of the skids are orange. The other side's green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because I, I felt that I needed this. Oh, yeah. I, I need this. I need, I don't understand why these guys, that's just ridiculous. I need, need. Well, is, I got to yeah. take issue with something Justin just said. And um, and that is the 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 flying without a canopy. I I don't know. Well, take issue maybe is the wrong word, but see, I kind of have in my thought process, I'm thinking, no, I don't agree with that. I I think uh, um, as far as learning to fly without a canopy and you just get used to it. I do, however, think that when it comes to flying in different or in sometimes we, we call it bad light, um, that is something you absolutely have to get used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, whether or not you put a canopy on is purely choice. And I guess if you wanted to be the guy that wanted to get used to doing that, I suppose you could. But, but the simple matter of the fact is that we cannot control the environment. And I can tell you that this summer, of course, this late summer for me, you guys remember me bitching about the smoke all the time. Yep. I had no choice. I I had to re-evaluate the way I flew or just not fly. Or, you know, be in that group of guys that was sitting at the field going, oh, this light is just not right, you know. And I kind of broke myself of that because I was that, like you said, Nick, I was that guy. I'd go to the field and um, back then I always had a litany of reasons, a whole list of excuses why I can't fly right now. Yeah. This helicopter yep. isn't working right. I need to adjust this. Oh, this light. Look at this sky. How, you know. Yeah, the clouds will clear up eventually. I'll just wait a few more minutes. Yeah, you know, the next thing you know, you're on the way home. But see, I don't know if there's a good way to go about getting used to doing that. And I can tell you what I did is I simply just started. I mean, the the visibility when the smoke was real bad was was horrible. Our flight field is maybe 800 feet long. You could stand at one end and not see the other. So that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be rough. Absolutely. So what I, what I started doing was just hovering, and I would just take it up a little bit further, and I'd start doing, you know, tight little circuits, just like I like them, nice, tight, and little. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I would just eventually, I'd started noticing that I was able to start doing some of the things that I was doing when I had this big, huge sky, except I was doing it down in front of me. And I, I noticed I don't really pay attention to that anymore. I don't pay attention. I don't worry. If I go, the only thing I don't like is cold, wind, and rain or, or snow. Yeah. It, so you're I, comfortable now in any lighting conditions. Except I, I'm not comfortable in, in, at, at Nick's favorite time of flying at dusk. I don't, I do not like what the light does to the helicopter. I will fly, but it'll be very limited um, because I hate it when the light has no reflective property at all and you go to do a turn and, and all you're seeing is really a, 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 a silhouette. 
I don't. Yeah. I do not like that. Yeah, I well, can I, play tricks with you. That's for sure. Yeah, and you have to have the confidence just to fly through it. Yeah, you just, you just have to know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's not that you necessarily get like better at it. You just learn to not freak out. I mean, don't yeah, think for one second that on a cloudy day, if I'm out there flying, man, I'll. If you were to like freeze time, I would probably lose orientation on the heli three, four, five times during the flight. But I know what I was doing when last time I could tell which way it was going. I have confidence right. in where I put the sticks, so I know that it's going to come out of it the way that I. You know, wanted. you know what? I think that is so true, and I think. It reminds me of two things. First of all, I want to kind of rehash a little bit of a kind of a flashback to the first Othello. And uh, the first time I watched Nick fly, he's walking back to the flight line. And I say to you, you might remember this, Nick. I said to Nick, how often during your flight do you just pucker up and go, oh, it's going in. You know, you just say it to yourself. And, and Nick looked at me and he said, pretty much the whole flight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well... And, and that kind of, you know, that kind of tend, leads to that. I have enough confidence in my, what I'm doing to know that if I don't necessarily see what the helicopter's doing, I know what I told it to do last. So I pretty much can make it do what I need it to do to bring it back. Yeah. And it's and funny. You- well, the thing is, though, is I've noticed that I've progressed this summer. That happens two, three times every flight. I just don't, it, it's not an issue anymore for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I get so I get it going, and I'm like, eh, I don't really know what it's doing, but I know what I had it doing, so it'll it'll come around. Yeah, just and ride it out, and there it is. That's the big thing, and that's what I think that it is. When you're first learning, you're, I mean, you're way up there, and, and it, I would lose it. I mean, dude, it's not like I have eagle vision; I can't see any better than the next guy. But oh, you went through that when you first started, dude. Let me tell you a little something about what I went through when I first started. I had a 30-foot ceiling. I could not get the helicopter above 30 feet. And I, I don't yeah, know if it was exactly 30 feet. But it just like every time it got to a certain point, I was just like, nope, nope. No way am I going any higher. I, I definitely had that same problem. And I still Dude, you still have that problem. <laughs> I, I tend to fly very, very low, even when trying brand new maneuvers. Yep. We See, were, I dude, never we were had a problem with going like up Jesse. high. I've, yeah. I've, when I, when I try something new, I go way, way up there. And, yeah. and see, I, I think that that <laughs> also adds to, um, to your ability to recognize things because when you have, like you said, Dan, when you have a, a 30 foot ceiling, you're pretty much staring directly side on at the helicopter, yeah. right? At almost at eye level from the distance that it is away. And you see the heli different. You see it uh, going through maneuvers and coming out of maneuvers differently than you do when you're looking up at it from underneath. Yeah. And so that provides a lot of perspective as well. I, you know, I wasn't comfortable flying high for a long time. Todd Bennett's class is the one thing that broke me of that because those of you who are familiar with Todd Bennett, <laughs> you, uh, you're forced to fly at about, uh, you know, AGL 3,500. Yeah, three mistakes high <laughs> equals a half mile. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So we're probably, what, four mistakes high, five mistakes like, high. Like, you just did a pyro flip, Dan. Congrats. Did I? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah, see it. I didn't see yeah, it. You, you saw that? So that's that was nice, and I noticed uh, that really helped. But um, And it all comes down to the visibility. And, and um, you know, when you're, when you're flying, 
you know, we're talking, we're, 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 we're still talking about visibility, but we're kind of going around about it. That is the one thing that you need to get comfortable with. And, and like Nick said, we try, we've all tried them. We've tried the orange, you know, you go to Heli Direct and you order the, the uh, G10 orange tail fins, right? Oh, yeah. Or, or to be honest with you guys, I find that I absolutely love the KBDD green tail blades. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on from, that. From a visibi- I can see those tail blades when I have that helicopter a thousand feet in the sky. Well, yeah, see, they, and this this brings us to a, a good point, and it goes back to what you were saying where you, you said you take issue with getting used to flying without a canopy. But what it comes down to is what parts of the heli do you actually sight off when you're going through maneuvers? And I'll tell you what, I've talked to tons of people about this, and it's different for every person. Yeah. I personally sight off of the blade disc and the tail. And when I say the tail, I don't mean just the boom. I mean the tail rotor itself, the, the tail disc. Nick, however, likes the skids and the nose. So the that's a completely me, different dis- thing. Or, uh, excuse me, the disc and the skids. Sorry, that's the disc and the skids. Yeah. What do you do, Jesse? What do you think? Yeah. About? What, do, what do you use? I'm more of a, I really focus on the disc when I'm flying. The disc and a little bit, the tail a little bit, but I would say 80% the disc. Let me ask you guys this question. I find, I think that when it comes to when it comes to visibility and what I focus on, I don't have a particular I don't in a one situation I focus on the disc, on another situation I focus on the tail, on another situation I focus on the nose. I don't really ever focus on the skids because those have a tendency to really twist my my brain. But do you guys I'm making a stretch here, but do you guys think that if you trained yourself or disciplined yourself to focus on one or two things instead of trying to constantly search out a, a multitude of variables, do you think that it could help you progress faster? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And, and you know, one, one of the things is, Dan, with you saying that you, you don't necessarily have one or two things to go to, it may be because you're still getting into the the – um, the bigger maneuvers, the bigger tricks. Um, you haven't really broken into 3D yet. You haven't tried pyro flips and stuff like that on your own. And I think what you'll find is as you progress into those types of maneuvers, it really forces you to sight on a specific part of the heli. Yeah, because I, I never it's the really flat part. That for me, that's that's the big thing. When you're looking down the disc sideways and you can see it change from looking at the bottom to the top of the disc because you know with a lot of 3d maneuvers it's you know that's really important like when you're pyro flipping you better not start that transition from upright to you know inverted or from inverted to upright with your pyro flip until that disc is perfectly flat because then it'll start to wobble off to the side if you want to stay stationary with it and so you really, and dude, let me tell you, when that thing is spinning round and round and round, yeah, it can't be, don't matter. Like that's an instance there where all I'm watching is I'm watching the tail and the blade disc. I don't even yep. know I have skids during that maneuver. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, just, I'm I think just, the disc is the most accurate for you to get a reading off of just to see yeah. which 
small little correction you need to make just because you can easily just look at it and tell if it's tipping one way or Which the other. Which does bring another thing that I've gone back and forth and I've actually kind of almost, I mean, it took this long to come to this conclusion, but I don't care for black blades. <laughs> okay. I don't. Yep. Be, just because of that, you can't, man, especially when you're getting out doing like a, circuits, you know, uh, hurricanes or any sort of, you know, round out circular type maneuver. Uh, you know, like I've been working a lot on pirouetting circles, almost kind of like pirouetting hurricanes. When you're coming around that transition from maybe off your left shoulder out in front of you back around to your right shoulder, as that disc is coming around, that's what I look for because I'm checking the angle of the helicopter, you know, how far off from from perfectly perpendicular is it to make sure and hold it and a black blade if it's all black on the bottom dude it's really hard to see i got i'm not worried about crashing but i can't i can't visually key off on on the heli properly to make it clean see this this actually concerns me a little bit um and it concerns me because uh my eyesight's not that great and it concerns me because, um, I, I, to be honest with you guys, and I don't know if it's because I'm not looking, but I honestly rarely see the blades except when I'm a ways away from me and I'm nosing it in to bring it back to, to towards me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's about the only time yeah. I really can see the disc. Um. And it might be because I'm not looking for it, but see what what's what kind of concerns me about that is that now I kind of feel like I'm going to be up against a wall because I don't see the disc that well. Well, dude, but you got to remember, I've I've flown nothing but black blades, you know, for let's say like the last year, which is where the you know my progression took off the most, or even like the last two years. So it's not that it's gonna it's gonna force you to not do something. I just you know recently kind of have been out trying a lot of different blades yeah. and it was a uh, kind of like a nice little surprise you know i've th- tried gone out and trying some other sets and it was even the difference between like back when i was just strictly flying mavericks the white ones and the vsts the regulars and the vsts i got the vsts because dude on the ground these things are sexy yeah yeah I mean, they, they look, are they are a sweet looking blade Got him up into the air, really didn't think that much about it until I just happened to one day, I think, uh, I think they were out of, uh, the VSTs and, and I had gotten a new canopy for my 700 that was kind of had some white and some red in it. And I was like, you know, I think the regular ones might look pretty cool with this canopy. That was, that was my reasoning because it, it would look cool sitting on the ground. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> so I got those and I put it up in the air and it was like, holy crap. I can wow! I can really see these. So, are you talking about the the pros with the white tips? No, like the just the, the standard Maverick fly yeah. bar list. Yeah, with the you know they got the red stripe going down. Do they still the make bottom those? side? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But the VSTs are you know the newer, cooler ones, and it doesn't take much. It really doesn't take much. Even uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The the other ones have they're like half black and half white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. It doesn't have to be all white for the record, but having you know a fair amount 
Like I noticed that even on radixes, just that yeah. last six inches or so of white on the bottom side of the blade and on the top makes a huge difference. Yep. So Absolutely. what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, blade hologram decals? Yeah, uh, okay. they work I'll, great I'll, if you I'll take light. this one. Because, um, so as Nick mentioned, the VSTs are rough. I agree 100%. And I mean, I, I, I'm i on Team Maverick right now as a rep. They, they sponsor me. And I'll still tell you guys straight out, the VSTs are really difficult to see in the air. Nick does not lie. It can be a huge pain in the butt. The way I get around it, because they do look so sexy on the ground, is and I am vain, Dan. I have no problem admitting that. <laughs> if it doesn't look good, what the hell is the point? Um, I, I put I put the holographic decals on there, and I've been criticized before for it. I think maybe even you criticized me, Dan. Yes, but I they did. work, man. <laughs> even in low light situations, when they catch some light, you can really see the disc. It lights up. They're bedazzled. Your hell is bedazzled, man. I did. I gave you shit about it. I did. I, I, uh, I don't like those on blades. I don't like the way they look. I don't know. I don't know if they affect the foil. I would imagine they don't, but they have, they have a tendency sometimes to make horrible noises. Um, if they start to flap. Oh, dude, if you've ever been around one, when it comes off, it sounds like a shotgun went off. Yeah. So I don't know. I think what happens as you start to get better, you start to realize, you know, only those noobs use those uh, <laughs> those those visual aids on their helis, right? No comment on that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know. I mean, I just I think everyone has their own thing, and and don't, <laughs> dude. I've yet to meet like anyone who who hasn't gone through that phase where you switch colors and you're taping i went through a phase where i taped like put bright yellow tape on like the last three inches of my boom right in front of the tailcase yeah and i thought that was just awesome i mean it was like oh this yeah this is a difference right here and now I, I i mean you could take the boom off and i wouldn't know really pay attention as long as it flew fine <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to switch gears a little bit we talked about visibility quite a bit longer than I thought we were going to, but it just kind of evolved into a nice little conversation. But I want to take a few seconds to talk about this bailout thing and, and uh, that on the HC3 that, uh, Justin, you're going to be playing with here soon. Yep. And I, we've talked about it before. Is this bailout system, is it going to give new pilots bad habits, unsafe habits? Unsafe habits. That's that's a good question. Not one that I've thought about much, but uh, you mean with regard to the fact that they just think they can reach up, flip a switch, and get the reset button like on the sim? Exactly. They're going to be doing, they're like, oh, I got a bailout, so I can try anything I want to try. Okay. That's, okay, I see where you're coming from. Here's my thought on that one. Like anything, it's got to be applied in the right way. Going right back to what I was talking about with the fun fly safety and all of that, if you if you haven't mastered or at least become competent and proficient at forward and backward flight and upright and inverted flight, you shouldn't be messing with some maneuvers. If you want to go and have fun, play around on the sim. And I know I may take crap for this. 
I, I'm a little bit more conservative about it, but I've seen enough pilots out there that have no business and they're endangering themselves and others. So to that end, if you want to use a bailout or a stabilization feature, use it in the right way. Now on the HC, and, and I don't want to get into too much detail on the HC specifically, so I'm just going to generalize here because my review's coming next week. So there are a bunch of different stabilization options out there in the flybarless uh, system field. And, you know, what it comes down to is what are you trying to get out of this bailout or this stabilization feature? One of the one of the most typical ones is what they call self-leveling. Now, Nick and I have been going back and forth uh, recently on the definition of that, and it doesn't seem to be very consistent between each of the flybarless systems. But what we've what we think we've established here Self-leveling in general is the tendency of the heli to self-right itself. Okay, so let's say you're a brand new pilot. You're learning how to hover. You throw it up into a hover, and you guys all know that when it's not, it doesn't have a stabilization system on it, it has a tendency to drift. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take the input that you give it. If you give it too much, it'll start drifting to one direction. You give it too much in the other direction, it'll go in that way, go that way stabilization is going to take the heli and it's going to level it out. It's going to uh, react against what you're, you're telling it to do and try to maintain the heli in that one position. That's a great way to learn how to, uh, how to hover and how to deal with getting your muscle memory into thinking, the, you know, what size of control inputs do I have to give? Um, that's not going to do much for us if we want to try to learn how to do 3D. That's where the bailout comes in. The bailout, you want to be able to fly the heli in normal flybarless mode with no stabilization or very little. And when you get into a sticky situation where you've lost orientation, the, the heli's in some weird-ass orientation, you can't tell, the lighting's bad, whatever the situation is, you reach up, you flip a switch, it pops itself into inverted or upright and, and climbs out a little bit. I, I I personally think if it's applied in the right way, it's not going to give you bad habits, but you've got to understand the limitations and you can't abuse it. Jesse, yeah. being a 3D guy who is who puts a lot of effort into progressing his flying. Yeah. And moderate you're you are a low you prefer low. I do. You do. So would you find any use? In any sort of a bailout function, like would would you bother with it if you had the, it? Would you ever use the, it? The one problem that I think I would have is I've been in the same routine now. That I've just been doing it over and over for two and a half years. Where throttle hold is, and that is a switch that I'm you know very familiar with. It's a go to switch if I'm going to put the heli in and such. I think for as far as for me, the hardest part would be learning another switch. And possibly mixing up which switch I'm actually trying to get and which switch <laughs> I actually hit. That's a good point. So I think there could be a potential dangerous situation there if I mean to hit throttle hold and kill the power and I accidentally hit self level or vice versa. Um, so especially when you're down low on the deck and it, you know, when you need to hit throttle hold, you need to hit it now. So that is a good point. And one last question I have for, for all three of you, and I kind of want all your opinions on this. This hobby is kind of a risk 
reward hobby. Uh, the risks are financial. <laughs> the rewards are just incredible accomplishment or a feeling of accomplishment. Are, are we starting to get too dependent on electronics and are we taking part of that risk reward out of the hobby? And is it going to kind of take some of the fun out of the hobby? I I actually wouldn't be opposed to it. Like the thought of it at first. Oh, well, actually, when we went back and we talked about the co-pilot and the hard deck, I was the guy that was like, nah, it's the dumbest thing. Nah, you got to <laughs> right? I mean, that that was me. Yeah. But since I've, I kind of got to thinking about like for myself, um, yeah, and take the, take for instance the clouds. There are certain maneuvers this time of the year that I simply cannot go out and work on. Like, let's say I wanted to work on pyro flipping loops or something like that. Something bigger with a lot of different, you know, direction to it or wanted to work on some big air stuff. I really can't this time of year unless we get a clear day because it doesn't matter what canopy I've got on there. The risk for visually losing it is huge. Now, do I know how to fly? Yeah, I do know how to fly. I know all my orientations. If you took that sky out of it, it wouldn't be a big deal. So the potential for visually losing it like that and having a, you know, that's kind of one of those, just a dumb crash. It's yeah. not a crash because I dumb thumbed it. It's a crash because I was trying to fly, I mean, almost physically past what, you know, your eyes and your brain are capable of, so to say. So like in that situation, I think that it would be awesome to have that. I would love to be able to do that and be like, whoa, you know what? Good. Totally lost it. Totally lost it. Totally lost it. Totally lost it. Flip that switch upright. Boom. Click back out. Continue with the maneuver. To me, that prevents a dumb crash. Now, if I'm down on the deck, I would never, ever go for that switch. Anywhere even normally, probably in the summer, you'd never see me go for that switch because I wouldn't expect it to save me from pushing myself down lower or saving me from a dumb thumb, right. if that if that kind of makes sense. It I mean, sense. once I get down low, if I'm doing a hurricane, you know, down low or I'm working on the deck on some bunny hops or, or anything like that, no, I'm going to hit throttle hold and let it go in because I really do think that, that's part of the hobby. The crash that you get out of that, you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's where I, and I, I can honestly say that I would use it and I would feel good knowing that I did have it. And in that kind of a situation, like Jesse was saying, uh, worrying about the, the switch thing, you know, we had talked about like on the Futaba, how you actually, most people use the three position switch for throttle hold. That's where it's at for me right there. My first click is throttle hold like it is right now. But then I just produce, I, I program in that second click to be the self level. See, I and, kept my two position switch or my three position switch as throttle hold. And I'm going to at least try the bailout on the momentary switch uh, on the back right of the Futaba. Yeah. And, see, and, if you're and we'll see high, how it works out. I, I mean, you're personally. It's not a big From my deal. perspective, I'm not nearly as worried as you guys are about 
getting mixed up with throttle hold versus bailout. I mean, it's like learning anything else in this hobby. It's just a readjustment or addition to muscle memory. And if you're really seriously going to be using it regularly, I think you'll get over it in in a couple tens of flights. At least that's how I feel about how I'm going to deal with it. So how about you, Jesse? What do you think about that? The risk reward? I don't really think that it will take the reward out of the hobby. I mean... I kind of compare it to going from a fly bar to a fly barless system. I mean, there was there there's still many people that that will argue that going to a, a very good fly barless system is making the heli too easy to fly. Yet all of us flying a fly barless system still feel great reward. You know, when we're pulling off new maneuvers out at the field and just having a great time, and, we and all crash. it just doesn't seem to be an issue. <laughs> So I kind of see the bailout thing as the next step. In I got. That. I got. I, I got to put a people ca- will adapt. I got to put a counterpoint to that, dude. A lot of people say that the fly barless controller flies the heli for you, whereas this bailout feature does just that. It does well, I, fly the helicopter for you. But I, I just think it's the next. It's the next step. It's the next progression to that we can kind of apply that mentality to. Fair Not enough. necessarily. It's the exact same scenario. But what do you think, Justin? I, you know, I, I tend to agree with what Nick said with regard to the fact that you, you really shouldn't use it down low on the deck. I think there are certain crashes that you just got to, you know, you're, you're either all in or you're not. And if it crashes, it crashes. It's part of the learning experience. But when you're, when you're trying to learn a maneuver and you're doing it up high at a safe altitude, and by the way, all the manufacturers tell you, if you do this at a safe altitude, it'll work great. But we're not guaranteeing anything if you're on the deck. But if that's the way you're going to do it, then I think it really will help a lot. Because, okay, how many times, guys, have you read a thread, say, on Heli Freak in the main forums about someone that's so frustrated because they can't get through more than two or three flights without crashing? They're spending money through their teeth and they're done. They quit the hobby never to be heard from again. What we want in this hobby is continued growth. And to me, this is a feature that allows more rapid growth with less pain to the average average pilot, as long as it's not abused. You know, I agree with you guys. I think that um, I don't think that it's necessarily taking any of the reward out of the hobby. Um, I think whatever it takes to instill some confidence, safely instill some confidence into a new pilot, especially working with Ed, I've realized that confidence is the key. And if he have, like, you know, essentially, when I'm buddy boxing Ed, he flies great. I am I am essentially his self-leveling unit, right, mm-hmm. when I'm on the buddy box. And I notice that when he's not, when we're not flying buddy box, he's real timid. If this will allow guys like Ed who want to enjoy the hobby but aren't hardcore about it and don't mind putting in five helicopters a week. Cause let's face it. There are some guys out there like that. I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's uh, perfect. And I think Jesse nailed it. I think it's the next evolution in helicopter technology, RC helicopter technology. I really do. And I, I think another point that to bring up is you keep talking about how it's going to help out new people. So for them, the hitting the wrong switch won't be as big of a deal because that's what they'll be used to. Yeah. We're looking at it from our perspective. It's making a pretty significant change, so something we're not used to. Well, you know, and I, I'm a little 
biased in when I when I keep saying that keep you know good for new people and mainly it's because I kind of feel like that's my perspective in this hobby. I you know I don't uh, I feel like I'm finally at a point where I can fly confidently and consistently and have not you know 30 crashes a season like I used to. I've crashed mm-hmm. twice this season, and one was because of something silly, like a, a wire coming unplugged, and the other was because I was trying something new, really, really low, and uh, it got the best of me. That being said, I feel like I could go, and I've flown gallons and gallons of cool power this summer with no crashes. I mean, just two crashes all season long. Uh, well, I take that back. I did crash the Gowie way, way at the beginning of the season. I don't really count that one, though. So that's kind of where my perspective is. And I really don't know how this would help a guy or a person that's flying at, say, the, the level that you, 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 Nick, or Jesse, or even Justin. I don't know because I don't have that perspective. Well, it's like, I mean, man, anything can be good if it's in moderation yeah. and you don't rely on it. Yeah. That's that's how it is. And that's yeah. for me, it would just take out the annoying crashes. <laughs> I don't. I never get annoyed when I'm down on the deck playing and crash and crash. I never do. I, I never ever do. But I get annoyed. You know, obviously it's not going to take out mechanical failures, but mechanical failures fall into the annoying category for me because yeah. it, it's the it's the rebuild time and the cost. Like, oh man, I finally had this thing flying right. I've got so much stuff to do. Ugh. Well, you know the the pushing it up high. You know, really working on stuff way way up high. Yeah, I'm not worried about I'm I'm okay with catching it, but that only works great for us a month out of the year or two months out of the year when the sky's perfectly clear and you can see to fly up that high. Let me ask you guys one more question on this topic. And I it's kind of a speculative question at best. What do you guys suppose is gonna happen when a year or two down the line? Everybody has one of these units. And, you know, for the most part, manufacturers rely not on kit sales, but parts replacement. Do you suppose that's going to affect the overall price of kits? I don't know about that, but I can tie it back into our safety thing. I think that these things are going to be really cool, but I can, I'm going to make the prediction right now and everybody's going to go, oh, can't believe you just said that. I actually think someone's going to get hurt by one of these. Yeah, become too dependent on it. Yep, and someone's going to be taking that thing in yeah. and hit that switch two feet off the ground, which does not cut the throttle. The hell, he's going to be mid, mid-roll mid when yeah. it goes in. Or, and, or, dude, think about this. It's just at the right height that it has enough room to roll, but it doesn't have enough lateral, lateral room to clear objects or people. Yep. And it's going to fly right into somebody at full head speed. I do. Well, but that's I, uh, it's a, it's a good topic, and we'll, it's curious. I mean, we're man, what a what an awesome time to be in this hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, I just the, the you know you think back to the the pioneers of this hobby, and I know it's not been that many years, and it's kind of strange to call them pioneers, but you you can imagine what these guys went through. We're spoiled, you know. We are spoiled in this hobby at this at this particular you know point in time uh, i don't want to kind of belabor the point but i was reading uh when i was at heli pros i 
I happened to look at a, um, I guess it was a collection of old RC helicopter uh, magazines, like from the 80s. And, uh, of course, back then it was all miniature aircraft and, uh, you know, those schluters and those kind of things. And and these articles were telling people how to remachine their main shafts to get them to fly right. Could you imagine if you've got, oh, man. You got your latest kit and, oh, yeah, I got to chuck this thing up in the old CNC uh, machine and, uh, you know, cut, uh, you know, a sixteenth of an inch off of the shaft. It's come a long way, man. It really has. It really has. Yes, it has. Well, guys, I think we're about winding down. Uh, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you could do that at Dan K. Reed on all the forums. Or you could reach me at Dan at RCHillyNation.com. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, for sure, you would shoot me an email at Nick at RCHillyNation.com. Or you can catch me on all the forums as NWM Tech. Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you. You could send me an email at Justin at RCHillyNation.com. Or catch me at Justin Pucci on all the forums. Sounds really good. And Jesse, how would I get in touch with you? If you want to get in touch with me, you can shoot me a PM. My username is Salmonson63 on all the forums. When I get that check from you, that uh, friendship check that you're supposed to send me, I'll go ahead and get you one of those email addresses. In the mail. It oh, is in the mail. Right. You could forego the check and send him a picture of the 7HV in pieces. <laughs> that, that would get you two email addresses. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, guys, uh, one quick mention before we go. Uh, I saw a post on Facebook um, that was put by our friends at HeliPros. And it seems that um, they are on a a kick to get... They didn't necessarily... Look, I'm under no pretense. I don't think they did it because they want to get more than us. But we're ahead of them, and we want to keep it that way. So I'm going to encourage all you guys uh, to continue to tell your friends about us. Encourage them to get on Facebook and hit that like button. Uh, we can't let Heli Pros get ahead of us. We're, we're quite a bit ahead of them. Actually, they're kind of closing the gap from what I looked last. But, uh, you know, it's all in good fun. Just get those likes up for me. I, I'd appreciate that. It's not fair, though, because they get to give away a bunch of free crap. Ah, you know, I know, right? <sighs> yeah, let's see. Hmm, need 100 more likes this week. I'll just go in the back and find something. Yeah. That'll get us there. That'll get us there. Well, they can buy our likes. We'll earn them. Alrighty, guys, and, and oh, I'm so excited to have you guys finally see our new webpage. Oh, it's so beautiful. Amazing work. And on that note, guys, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We will talk to you next Monday. Adios, muchachos. See ya. Screw Easy. you guys. I am out of here. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. Mm-hmm.